when you're a team, you might be worrying a little bit about the the uh, the buyout cost that you're going to be paying. As a fan, you're just like, how much is this on our cap, and how do we get yeah, rid of it? It's fast. It's easy to spend somebody else's money. So, yeah. um, is there a player? Do you? I don't know if you track the most searched player for a buyout. Yeah, I'll give you uh, a guess who it is. Milan Lucic. Yep, you yeah. got it. <laughs> that was an easy one. Yeah, I, I looked at James Neal too, and then I'm like, but he did all. He's going to have 20 goals if they were still playing. So uh, that that uh, contract, but Lucic has to be the one that everybody kind of searched for. It's it's kind of the the Rick DiPietro poster boy of bad contracts right now, as far as uh, you know, teams not getting the production for the for the player. I still think Milan Lucic can play in the NHL, but you know, we always measure it against their their dollars and their production, right? Yeah, and the, the thing that makes me laugh is uh, July 1st and free agency. After some contracts get announced, I, I'll look and see, you know, what pages are popular that people are on. Yeah. And invariably, there'll be contracts that were, like, literally just signed and people are already looking at the buyout um, <laughs> cost. That always makes me laugh. Uh, one of them, actually, was Ryan Reeves a couple of years ago. And it just reminded me of that because now there's talk about him signing an extension. But that was one for, like, the three days after the his buyout page is very popular right after he signed the contract. Uh, but back to the Lucic, Neil, I mean, when that trade was made, to me, that was one of the most critical parts is um, if you just compared what their buyouts would be right. uh, after this season, I mean, Lucic is, you know, as we talked about uh, the uh, signing bonuses um, still count against the cap in the buyout. So Lucic, it doesn't really provide you any value to buy them out. Whereas James Neal just has a, a you know, a steady a set amount of salary each year. Um, and so if you compare the buyouts, like, you know, Neil, certainly there's an argument and you could, you could handle a buyout if he wasn't living up to the contract. For Lucic, you can't. So when I looked at that trade, it was like, you know, if Neil provides value, that's a bonus. But kind of the, the worst case is he's not useful, and then after the season you can buy him out, whereas Lucic, like, there was really no way to buy that contract out as it was. Yeah, uh, are, are you seeing, um, maybe not all, but maybe more contracts almost being, you know, they call it buyout-proof because of uh, the bonuses? There Are there are you seeing more and more players uh, get that? Uh, maybe Maybe the... The the uh, upper echelon players, I'm not sure, but are you seeing more contracts? Maybe what they call buyout proof because buying about makes no sense. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that really hit the peak um, a couple of years ago, like around that time when Lucic and Erickson and all those guys signed their contracts. That's when we saw the most of those uh, buyout proofs. So the agents have kind of figured that out. Then I think in the last year or two, you're seeing a little bit less, especially for those players that um, you know. <laughs> maybe the GM knows that the cap hit and the contract legs are pretty, um, he's paying a big price. So at least he's holding firm a little bit more on that, on that structure so that it is possible to be bought out. Um, I, I mean, I even look at a contract like uh, uh, Chris Russell uh, with the lower uh, salary towards the end of the year. It's a little bit easier to buy out at least financially. Um, so I think some GMs sort of were figuring that out. I would say, two to three years ago and we were, we were seeing a little bit less of those buyout proof ones. I think it hit, it hit its peak, um, you know, in that Lucic, uh, Erickson summer. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the, the buyouts, uh, you know, as a fan, you look at a buyout right away and you're like, awesome. And then, you know, three years later when you're still, uh, you know, paying guys, uh, that are maybe not even in the league anymore. Like, I mean, who's the, Benoit Pouliot for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know yeah. if they're still paying that guy, but, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you look down a couple of years and you're like, eh, 
it was good. At the, it's almost like a hangover, right? Yeah, you know, that yeah. that fifth beer was really good. Not so good this morning. A uh, couple of yeah, years the, later. The strategic part for me when I look at those is, um, you know, I often do the math on the the cap hit from a buyout versus the cap hit if they retained half the salary and then traded uh, the player to someone. And often the the cap hit is pretty similar for those for the years of the remaining contract, but the big difference being all those years after where you're still paying the cap hit. Um, and I just wonder like why we don't see, I mean, we see some of it, but why don't we see more where a team like, let's take the Oilers with Sekra or Pouliot, like to retain half of the contract and then have to, and offer whatever draft pick or maybe, you know, lower end prospect to a team um, to take the player versus having to buy them out. Um, to me, that seems like that would be a better option because you may end up with the same cap hit as the bio for a couple of years, but is it not worth like a fifth rounder or fourth rounder to then not have to have those remaining um, cap remaining years of the, the cap it from the buyout down the road? Um, you know, again, maybe they've tried that and it didn't work, but um, yeah, it just seems to me like there's, there, there could be a little bit more creativity on retaining or even, you know, we saw with Robin Leonard at the deadline last year. That's something that I, I always surprised we don't see more of where a player basically gets passed around with a, each team retaining a little bit before getting to the end team. Right. Um, because you can retain up to half the remaining, uh, you can retain up to half the remaining cap. It. So, you know, you could pass the player around kind of twice and the last team is only have, has a quarter of the cap hit. Um, why we don't see that more, um, you know, incentivizing teams to, to do that, that are going to be picking up that cap. It. But that seems like a better use of um, a team's uh, resources, which were draft picks versus their cap hit, which I think is a, or cap space, which I think is probably a more valuable resource. So we, we have a way, you know, basically of uh, determining which contract the fans think is the worst. I guess that you can, you can um, correlate by how many times that player is searched for buyouts, but is there a way to figure out which contracts they like the most or, you know, or, or what are some, some of the better contracts out there that, that when you look at them, you know, obviously you've got the best player in the league, Connor McDavid for the Oilers, you can pay him whatever, right? Cause he's the best player. So, but what are some, some, I guess, some popular contracts that, that you can track or that yeah, you think personally? Well, how about I'll, I'll do a little bit better and we'll give you a little sneak preview. So um, we'll get, I think we'll, talk a little bit more about the agent information on the website, but mm -hmm. certainly one of the benefits of the site is I've uh, built up a pretty good network of agents and I conducted an anonymous um, uh, agent survey, which um, before kind of life changed in the last few weeks, I was going to get the results out. So uh, it's delayed a little bit. We'll hope to get the results published in the next week or two. Um, but I asked agents, um, what is the, what are, I asked, questions on uh, player contracts and one of them was which contract do you think is the kind of the worst from a player perspective or who is the most underpaid right which mm -hmm. is i think your your answer and the top answers so this is a sneak uh, preview of the survey results for your listeners the top answer was nathan mckinnon got the most votes wow. as the kind of best um team-friendly contract or kind of worst from a player contract uh and then the next two were david pasternak Mm -hmm. And a surprising one, Carl Yarncroft from the National Predators, who's mm -hmm. on a long-term, uh, short, uh, long-term, low-money deal. Carl Yarncroft. Wow. 